Hello everybody, my name is Tyler Freeman and welcome to episode 9 of the Ansel Army podcast. Today is one I'm really looking forward to as I'm joined by arguably the chattiest man in football, it's Ansel defender Josh Peacock. Josh, how are we mate? Doing alright mate, I'm sat here with a glass of Sauvignon Blanc, I feel like it's the perfect scenario to join you to have a chat about a load of football nonsense. It's a manaculture. (laughs) (laughs) Some would say. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have you on, mate. Thank you very much. I'm I'm glad. I don't know why it's taken nine episodes to have me on, but, you know, there's obviously been more important people. No, nah, never. I just had to ease myself <laughs> in. But before we get into it all, uh, how's your lockdown been? Um, I don't know. Everyone must just give the same answer, don't they? I mean, boring. Every day's the same. Um I just run and drink loads. I think the more you run means the more you can safely drink. Um, and the more bored you get, the more you drink because it just feels like um, feels like that time over Christmas where you just get to like sit, eat chocolate and drink. <laughs> Not that you'd know that yet, but when you become an adult, like you just sit there, watch Home Alone 2 for the 15th time in your life and eat crap and, um, and drink alcohol. And I feel like that's what we've been doing now for a year, which is kind of brilliant. I mean, to be fair, at least you're balancing it up so you can drink and then run and then drink and then run. I mean, before we get into anything football-related, I was recently listening to a few podcasts and they sometimes have a question at the start and I wanted mine to be one that's asked not very frequently or, to be fair, at all. So my question to you, Josh, is what what is your preferred Tesco's meal deal? Obviously, you know, my body's a temple, so I don't often get those kind of things. Um, but obviously you asked me this one off air and the, the most, the best thing about this is when I had to reply and say, what's a meal deal. Um, so, so we had to do a bit of, um, bit of learning there, didn't we? But I, do you know what? I've got, I've got a couple of cheeky ones, really. Um, definitely controversial, but I was thinking if it, it, so so what i've gone with i don't know if these are seasonal either or if they're or if they're all year round things but maybe i'll have to go into a tesco tomorrow and find out so um and i guess other supermarkets are available of course but um i've gone with roast turkey and stuffing because i just thought like that's really cheeky it's a bit better than a cheese and ham and like a chicken salad where the lettuce goes wet and a bit horrible so i'm thinking roast turkey and stuffing with you know, some nice seeded, nice, fresh quality bread, you know, that's where I'm starting anyway. So to be fair, that is massively controversial from you with the Christmassy kind of like <laughs> thing you've got on, got going on there and cranberry sauce is normally and stuff like that. And there's that whole debate between cranberry sauce. Cause I know, I think Domino's in, at Christmas, they do a cranberry sauce pizza and stuff like that, which is, I think is, definitely wrong and just get locked up if that's disgusting <laughs> yeah no that's that's not right i tell you i've got a good story about cranberry sauce though i once i once when i was about 15 years old made my mum a slice of toast and thought that cranberry jam was jam and i just thought it was like not a strawberry or raspberry jam so it's just cranberry jam so i spread jam over loads of toast and thought it was great and then realized it wasn't that jam at all it was it was for Turkey. So um, there we go. But moving on, um, you learn these things, you learn from these things. That's the main thing. So the, the, the middle bit, the sweet bit, 
we've got to go with carrot cake. We're not not having any fruit segments like two watermelon slices that have gone dry in the packet or some apple wedges that, you know, you get a fifth of an apple and that's meant to be part of a meal. So we're going carrot cake. And then we're going to finish it off because I don't really do fizzy drinks unless they're of the alcoholic variety um, with an innocent green smoothie because they're fantastic. That is a massive shout because obviously you can get an innocent smoothie. They're not the biggest, but you can get one there. I'd say they're about £2.10. You've got a whole meal deal coming to £3. You're basically cheating the system there. Thank you, carrot cake. Carrot cake. If you if you go to the train station, get carrot cake on your way into London or at Costa, other coffee shops are available. Um, you're talking two to three quid. Do you know what I mean? Look how much 100%. money we've just saved it. We've probably spent seven to eight pound in a coffee shop and we've got it all for three quid. It's almost like they should be, we, you know, they should be paying us to be, to be doing this well with food. To Take be honest, to the cleaners. you've gone with carrot cake there, but there's also the choice that you could have gone with maybe some crisps or a chocolate bar, which I thought you maybe could have gone for, but you're, you've gone different there, a bit original. I say, the thing is, I saved my chocolate eating for the football pitch. <laughs> we know half time I, you know you know you've seen me many a times at half time definitely at half time by the way not in the warm up because half time <laughs> I'm out there Snickers in hand it's just that's the place to be 100% Do you, would you say Snickers is up there with one of the best chocolate bowls no no <laughs> no <laughs> I, do you know what do you know what this is this is a massive shout i'm a massive dairy milk and popping candy fan oh is that that marvelous creation one that is that is it is, and it is a marvelous creation it actually is i would say that's probably up there and very underrated it is but everyone just goes for the normal order fruit and nut which you know it's been done since before time began like let's move it on people definitely i mean going back to that meal deal question i'd like to would you say that is your meal deal because what I'm going to do by the end of the next few episodes, it will kind of pile up and we'll have you in maybe a leaderboard kind of thing. We'll see where you rank. So would you say yours is the Christmassy kind of sandwich with the carrot cake and the green incense movie? Yeah, I reckon if we're, if we're going, if we're popping to Tesco tomorrow for lunch. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely doing that. I mean, I mean, there's other lads in the team that, are, that are definitely go for other things you know, that we can, we can have a think about, like I could guess for one, you know, certain people that are going to go fizzy drinks and, and sweets and chocolate, you know, Jamie would go pasta carbonara probably, um, <laughs> for instance. So, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. We've got a bit of sweetness in there. We've got a bit of Christmas in there. Everyone loves Christmas. Um, and, uh, you know, an innocent smoothie just to make yourself feel good. Before we, before, well, I rate that out of 10 and whack mm. it on the leaderboard. Would you, if I had to give you the meal deal of a cheese and ham sandwich with a bottle of water and some ready salted crisps, who in the team would you say that matches up to personality-wise? Um, probably Darv's because it's a boring meal deal and he sends me to sleep chatting anyway. So Ruthless. Probably, yeah, <laughs> bang on. Right, so and if you put ready salt crisps anywhere near me, by the way, they'd be thrown back in your face. Unreal. Another kind of maybe controversial saying <laughs> from you there. Right, before we get onto anything football related, we've got to rate that one out of 10. So before I say my rating, what would you actually mm. honestly rate yours? Rate it. 
uh, carrot cakes and absolute bangers. Best, probably the best cake in the business. Um, Look out of ten, by the way. Yeah. So well, the thing is, the drink and the cake are ten. The sandwich. I'm not a massive sandwich fan, anyway. To be honest with you. So I'd probably and, and it's seasonal. You know, a lot of people aren't going to go for the stuffing, which is a fair point. I'm, I'd want to give it a solid eight. An eight. Bloody hell. <laughs> any any lower, I'm offended. You're being generous. I'd, I'm, I mean, for me, I could maybe put something out on the account, but for me, I'm I'm saying if it's Christmassy, like near mm. Christmas time, I'm, I'm putting you up there a little bit more. But the fact that you're doing this, you're close yeah. to the start of like New Year's is really weird. So I'm going to probably put that as maybe a six. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Hurtful, but yeah, you know, you do what you like. <laughs> More podcast than I'm joking. <laughs> That's it. Your rules. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving away from a strangely long conversation on meal deals. Let's talk more mm. about football, and then what better mm-hmm. place to start than your first spell at the Park Stadium? Can you tell me a little bit about how it all came about? I yeah, God, how that came about. Well, I mean, I I suppose I did pre-season like anyone would. Um, I came over with a couple of boys from Leighton. Um, we were told that the club was going for a little bit of a little bit of change, I suppose. I don't know, a few new players, a few players leaving. So I came in initially, I absolutely loved it. Um, made made friends with a lot of lads in the team. Um yeah, just just really hard, tried really hard. Really, really fit. I was the fittest I've ever been, I think, in pre-season um, that season. And I loved it. Still that innocence. Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was when I last got a meal deal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, I, lo- I loved it. I loved that pre-season. Um, went into the season feeling really good. Thought the team was going to be really good. I thought we were really clued up in like, how we were going to approach games and our tactics. And I'll be brutally honest, it felt it fell apart quite quickly. And I think that was really sad. Um, I, I joined the club, uh, I think I was 26, 27, maybe. And very quickly thought, I've, I don't know, got three, four years left to play in football. I want it to be here. I don't want to go anywhere else. There's some great lads here, great club, not far down the road from where I live. And I loved it. And it just, it just fell apart. And it was a real shame. Um, yeah, and I've just always loved the club ever since. I genuinely never wanted to play anyone anywhere else once I joined them until the first time around. I mean, you did spend a decent amount of time there and you became, am I right in saying, vice-captain? Yeah, rightly or wrongly. Um, yeah, I did. Um, captain the team on a few occasions. Best best time of that was we had a game against uh, Harefield, who then got promoted that season, who were just a well-drilled side. They were never going to knock nine goals against you, but they were just a really well-drilled side. Um, and I scored a known goal past one of my best mates, who was the keeper at the time, Brad Kirkwood, who's now playing for Leighton Town. Um, scored a really good own goal past him, where it was kind of me trying to clear it, or or they had an open goal. And I just... It looked good. Half, yeah, I just half-volleyed it straight in the corner. Um, it was a really decent finish. Something, something that our strikers would be proud of. Um, and, you know, I have been known to score the old belter in training, so it's not new, anything new. But, yeah, um, scored no goal in that game. We lost the game. And um, 
start to go downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the topic of downhill, it came to a pretty a quick end, didn't it, really? Mm. I mean, mm. you had your differences and different chats with the manager and stuff like that, which yeah. kind of forced you out the door in the end. I mean, what did that do for your confidence in the end, football-wise and mental-wise? Uh, this sounds bad, but I was going to give up football. I, I, I honestly considered not not wanting to play again after that. Um, I'd had my confidence knocked in so many different ways. Um, I, I, more than I could spend this podcast telling you about. I was told to my face, told indirectly, be rung up out the blue when I was working and told told that I wasn't good enough. Um, I was being told to me and the, and the newer captain and even some of the other senior players were being told to put things in the WhatsApp group that we did not feel comfortable with. Um, and I felt like the change room in the change room atmosphere, which had started so well, suddenly almost became slightly toxic in the sense that everyone was so looking out for themselves that they stopped thinking about the common goal, which the common goal is a football team, which is very evident that we have now, for instance, was that the common goal is to win a football match. Um, and clearly do it with a smile on your face. When that environment becomes, um, I'm going to look out for myself because I don't want to lose my spot in the team, or I'm going to, um, or I'm going to try and have a word with someone here and there to try and get someone out of the team or, or whatever. That is not an environment anyone should want to be a part of, um, and that's not an environment that that um, will breed success in in any walk of life. Um, and it's a shame that it came to that because there was a fantastic club there, as there is now. There's a great chairman who's very supportive, and there's some great lads there. Like, you know, it's no secret that one of Ash Mead is one of my closest friends, and he's my favourite teammate I've ever had in football. And I met him during my first spell at the club, um, and you know, I I feel grateful for that. Truly, definitely. I mean, I could never even imagine until being that kind of way it seems like I've mentioned it on other podcasts but it does seem like there's more togetherness now than there there ever has been before and like hearing stuff like that about different teammates trying to get people out of the club and that it just doesn't seem like Amtil at all yeah and and it wasn't I don't think teammates were actively doing it but teammates were so worried about about the situation at the time that they that the problem is you need to pull together right like I at the moment you know, I haven't played as much as what I'd wanted to since I joined the club. But am I going around saying that everyone in my position is rubbish and shouldn't be in the team? Not a chance. What's the point? I'm 31 yeah. years old and I want to see us win games of football. Of course, when I travel to Stanway or, you know, and it's two and a half hours away and you're on the bench, no one wants to do that. Of course they don't. But does that mean that I'm going to go there instead and try and badmouth people and make other people look stupid? No, that couldn't be more far that can be more, you know, it can be more away from what you're trying to achieve as a person and what you need to achieve as a team. If you're going to put your effort in there to be a teammate to people, you're a teammate to everyone. And if I start over someone else, I'd expect they'd support me. And if they start over me, I'm going to support them because your teammates and I'm proud of my teammates. Do I want to play more? Of course I want to play more, but I'm proud to be part of a team. And I love it. All the lads in, in this team and, and the, the environment before people I don't think people were individually going out their way to to make each other look bad but there was an environment in which people were very worried about losing their spot in a team or doing something that would anger the manager or um 
you know, or something that the manager didn't want to see. And so they, they naturally were looking out for themselves more than looking out for the team, which is not the environment that you need to create. And it's absolute polar opposite from the environment we have now. It's honestly unreal to think that because at the end of the day, it's fully grown men playing football and the fact that there's different talks behind people's back and you don't want to upset a manager and stuff. Like at the end of the day, you're playing football at not the highest level by any means, mm. but the fact that it's got to the, it got to the point where people weren't enjoying their football and things like that, it's just it's just weird to see, isn't it, at that kind of level? That's See, that's the main thing right there, right? You do it with a smile on your face. So anyone that sees us train, we train hard. We listen to the manager. We respect the manager. Of course we do. But we do it with a smile on our face because we, we give up our time to go and train, to go and play. And not that, not that we need to be like thanked for that. I don't mean that. But, you know, you're, you're, we're committed to it. And we want to do it with a smile on, on the face. And, and the club, whether that's the players, fans, manager, chairman, um, board, everything, they, you, you're all responsible for creating an environment in which you can all excel in and that you can all enjoy. And that's the key thing. Like, without yeah. going too deep into it, we're all going to die one day. We might as well do it with a smile on our face while we're here. Do you know what I mean? I took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's lockdown. We're all disappointed and down on ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a weird... Like, I can't believe that that it did come to that in the end and it, you can see the contrast i mean i wasn't there at the time but even hearing about the contrast from were you bought were you born when i was there the time before oh, i don't know how long ago was it <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too long ago nah. <laughs> it's like it's football at the end of the day like you know it's part and parcel of what you're doing you're going to be left out of the team sometimes and different things like mm. that but it's just it just don't sit right with me how that could happen. No, absolutely. And uh, look, do you know what? Best example has happened to me this season. Went away to Mulbarton, right? We I don't know how long it even took us, about three days to get there or something. And uh, and I was on the bench. I didn't expect to play. Obviously, Darv's then got injured quite early. And we played, we lost. And, you know, I, I don't know how much I played, 70 minutes or 65 minutes, where it was. And... After the game, that was my first game I played for, I don't know, five or six games, whatever it was. And I was nearly in tears because it hurt that much. It yeah. hurt that much that we we lost um, by a very fine margin. I still say we, we didn't deserve to lose. It was an incredibly even game. Um, and yet in changing room, um, as I was walking through the boys with no clothes on, which is, you know, natural when maybe they're drawn towards me at that point, like Darvs <laughs> and Tom both came straight up to me and said, thought you did really, really well today, mate. Like, well done. Like, straight away. That's two guys that have been occupying the position I play for weeks before. Um, and that's that's what it is. Like, we're not we're not kids that are, you know, we're not young lads that are worried about our spot in the team. We all want to play. Of course we do. But at the same time, we all want each other to succeed. And, you know, that's a side of also for a little while, on, while he managed to stay on the pit anyway, Playing, ne you know, next to next to a very close friend of mine who who we've played together for a fair while and gone through a fair amount of other things, and you take care and pride in that as well. Like that's the environment that is now at this club, and that's an environment to enjoy and all be a part of. It shows the togetherness, doesn't it? When you've got Tom and Jason both coming up to you, who you've not really known for that long, have you really only joined in 
the back end mm. of last year, just first people coming up to you saying, like, you played really well in that, even when you were maybe down at that point. It just does show that this year in the squad, everyone is together. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, I only made that comment so Lee would hear it anyway. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Get these good books, get everyone else in the good books when we go back. It's probably a smart choice, to be fair. <laughs> you're sort of, we've spoke a little bit about your first spell at Amptill and we can maybe go on to a bit of background you started from what I know well you started at Leighton Town and then moving on to fellow Spartan side Amersham who we'll just get we will get to in a moment but mm. can you just tell me a little bit about your time at Bell Close yeah, I mean, I was, I was actually at Chesham before then. So be, between the ages of 20 and 23, I spent a few years at Chesham. I think it was that anyway. I mean, it's so long ago now, you forget. But um, that was great, obviously being part of very much a, a very bona fide semi-pro setup. Um, flirted with the first team a little bit in terms of um, made a couple of friendly appearances and a couple of cup appearances um, and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Great, like great setup. A spot. It was a spot too high for me, quite clearly. Like Southern Premier League and a, and a decent semi-pro club at that. Yeah, and then went to Leighton Town. Um, yeah, whenever that was, a long time ago. Again now, and obviously just incredible amount of pride. Um, the team was the team, and the club isn't the club that you see now. It was a club that was trying to rediscover itself a little bit from part from former glories. Um, but a good few local lads there. Um, we knew we weren't great and we were flirting with relegation at the end of the day in the, in the Spartan Prem at the time. But, you know, brilliant to play for your hometown club. I've lived in this town since I was, I don't know, about 18 months old. And obviously to play for your hometown club, whether you're playing in the Premier League or whether you're playing down the park, like if you can take some pride in who you play for, you know, your hometown club is one of those things. Um, it was great. It was great fun. Made a lot of friends who I'm still friends with now. Hundred percent. I mean, these days we we all see Leighton as only being a league above Amstel, but we all see them as a very well. I do anyway, a very established club. But mm. you were there back in the days when they were getting 50, 60 people to the games, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Very different to now. I mean, that's probably because I was um I was well playing here and there anyway. A bit the same as now. I was more just warming the bench and looking pretty on there, but. Yeah, when I did play, I think that's when people started to probably walk out the door more. <laughs> I mean, at least when you're on the bench, you're getting a hot chocolate and the famous Snickers out of it, I guess. The famous Snickers made made so well known at Amtill Town FC by um, by me and certain Kieran Brazier of late. <laughs> I mean, that you did play a, quite a few games there and you're playing with some of your good, good mates. And then mm. you did go to you did play at, at Amersham as well which I wasn't even aware of to be honest until you told me but I couldn't mm. help but think that's quite well it's a fairly big drive away from Leighton isn't it really so what kind of made you get yourself over there instead of saying instead of staying quite local uh well so uh, while I was at Amtil, an old teammate of mine from my Chesham days had become manager at Amersham. It was easy as that, basically. And uh, he, uh, I can't even remember what it was, you know. I think we spoke through one of our mates or something like that. And he knew I was leaving Amtil and just, yeah, put in seven day at Amtil. 
and I was absolutely ready to leave because I'd been, yeah, weren't happy and I wanted to play football. That's all it was. So I just went over there. That At that time, time, were they the same league as Ampton like they are now or a step below? Yeah. No, no, no. They're in the same division. Um, but yeah, they... It it wasn't a it wasn't a smart outfit by any means over there. It, it needed a lot of work. Um, I became captain within two months of playing for them, um, and I was proud to do that. You're always pr- you should always be proud to captain a team. You can um, you can have a really good positive impact on those around you, whether that's the your teammates, um, but also the club in general. So you can have a good impact on the chairman. You can try and impact change, and obviously. Um, the job I do, I'm very close to sport anyway. Um, so I can, yeah, I feel like I've got something to offer there, just the same as I would be at Amptil, like, um, and I'm a fairly positive person when the time's right. So I, yeah, wanted to impact change and and was there for a year or so, a couple of, well, 18 months, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a year is quite a decent amount of time at a club at our level because you always see mm. kind of chops and changes, people going from club to club and stuff. <laughs> That's me and I mean, one, yeah. <laughs> you've, been to, you've been to a fair few, haven't you, to be fair? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realise Bedford was amongst a few of them, to be fair. Well, that was great because um, I was camped, captain at Amersham and got dropped um, for, and I thought that was ridiculous. I was not happy, chappy personally anyway at the time. And um, we were getting beaten by Bedford and it was kind of hilarious. And I was in a very, very bad mood. And as I walked off the pitch, um, I just basically said to the, to the manager of the other team, um, kind of, it's kind of shit coming all this way to losing it. And he went, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because uh, they lost actually, sorry, no, Amersham won the game. So I said, kind of shit coming all this way to lose, isn't it? And he said, yeah, it's not great. I said, imagine coming all this way from where you are to not even play. When you're, the, when you're the club captain. And he went, well, I wouldn't mind a centre-half. So I said, all right, well, I'll finish the season with you then and literally sign from the next week. Sacked Amersham off. That, that could be maybe up there one of the most non-league things that could happen, just signing someone oh, really on the spot. Mm. I think the only thing that might better that is maybe meeting them by their car as they're probably loading a bag of balls into their boot. <laughs> Best way. I mean, dodgy deals. <laughs> In a nutshell, <laughs> exactly. I mean, what how what was your time at Bedford like? Because as I said, I didn't really know you were there or anything like that. But yeah, um, some good lads there. But yeah, the club, the club. Um, I don't want to bad mouth them because that's not fair. But it's well, I suppose I just have by saying that, haven't I? But it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like it, it, there wasn't there wasn't any relationship building there. No one got to know each other from chairman to manager, manager to players, players to chairmen, nothing. So there was no willingness to have drinks after the game. There was no willingness to organise nights out. There wasn't a good tendencies to training. Um, yeah, I think that that was a massive issue there. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know if, it, you know, if, I don't know, well, I was playing like I was, and I was made vice captain there quite quickly as well, actually. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. that's what it is mate weren't there that long it weren't that fantastic move on <laughs> although like you saying to some people you saying oh drinks after the game and stuff like that they might not think that's a big thing but non-league if you're with your teammates having having a drink at the bar or a local pub near 
and just mm. getting to know each other a bit more after a win or something like that it actually does help I feel I've always felt in uh, in non-league football um, that uh, a, t- a team together can beat a more able team any day of the week and that's always how I've looked at sport at the level that we play at I feel like you can, you can have a team you can have a team on paper that is way better but if they're a team of individuals versus say, a team like Amptill who all respect each other, enjoy each other's company and have that relationship between them, I feel like that sort of team would win over any day. A prime example of that, would you say, is the game against Walthamstow where, let's be honest, they were tipped to win. Everyone thought they were going to win. Even I had that in the back of my mind that oh, mm. they're a step above that, the favourites and stuff like that. But then it did show like, together we are answer, aren't we? And we got together and just managed to get a result in the end. Well, that, that, that is the power of mindset, right? That's the power of, of positivity and, and all that kind of deep stuff. Um, at the end of the day, you dig in a little bit more for your teammates or the guy next to you, um, your partner at centre-half or centre midfield or, you know, the left-back when you're the left-winger. You dig in a bit more because you all buy into it a bit more. You've all enjoyed the success. You've enjoyed the tough times. You've enjoyed the training in the freezing rain. You've enjoyed the beers when you've got no pants on in the changing room and there that is the sign of a team together and that kind of team has a much better chance of winning a game of football regardless of who they're playing yeah definitely definitely we went a bit we a bit a bit away from the topic of Amersham and Bedford and different things like that but after a bit of pinball around a few clubs near us you did <laughs> eventually come back to the Amps which was at the start of this season am I right in saying yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how's that been coming back and just getting well, we've had a decent amount of results, haven't we? With like some close mm. games, games going to penalties and different things like that. Mm. It's been great, mate. I um I genuinely mean it. I never wanted to leave. And I and I did I did send Gary a message when I left the first time round and just said I never actually wanted to leave. I've loved playing for this club. Um and I wish you all the best. Um and I sent a couple of long messages to the boys when I left the first time around saying I'd never wanted to leave. All of which I was massively pissed when I did. So they obviously turned into slightly like, you know, um like like when you're 16 and you leave a drunken voicemail on a girl you fancy at school's voicemail and you're like telling her that you love her and she's speak for yourself. Well, yeah, I mean you're that age now, so get ready. But um that it, it became like that, it was hilarious. Um, it, yeah, but that was genuinely because I never wanted to leave. So when I when I could come back, um, that was great. And obviously, it's you know it's a bit nerve wracking. Like it's always tough to join a new team, right? But what what else can you do other than I can play football? Um, you know, I mean, just about. But you know, I know I can play football. I know I can affect positivity on others. I keep myself incredibly fit. I train hard and I do it with a smile on my face. And I thought, well, that's fine. That's always going to be fine walking into a football club, right? Um, regardless of whether you're actually very good or you're just burgling away through. Um, and I just loved coming back. I was so happy to come back genuinely. Like the moment I spoke to Martin and to Stuart, who I both knew from the time I was there before, um, and I was just so happy to come back. Just ran it, ran into a training session. You know, I saw a few of the boys who were still there from before and a few that I knew. Um, and I set, I settled in within, I don't know, training session and a game probably. Absolutely fine. Away we go. That is honestly brilliant to hear. 
that Amatil can welcome people just back like that. Is there any players that, like you did mention, Ashmead was there when mm. you was at Amatil the first time? Is there, any, is there any other players that were there when you came back? Jamie. Um, Jamie Sermonara was still there. So that's funny. We're both, we're, you know, we're not, we're not like we're not like really good mates like him and Ross say are not at all but we're very similar personalities you know want to take the piss out of people want to have a laugh want to you know make comments at each other so he's a good person to bounce off so I think it was just him and was just him and Ash um which was like the long-awaited reunion I suppose which is really kind of sad um but then yeah knew, knew a few of the coaches still so knew graham in the resis um from time four knew um Stu, i knew martin obviously i knew gary um and i think and, and actually jt because jt was there before as well um but he was just he was just messing around in the resis and probably you know having a pint at half time and whatever else he was doing when we were there before honestly what a geezer <laughs> great guy i mean you, you mentioned how you knew a few people like the management staff uh, from the resis and from the first team as well. What was it like when you first met Lee? Because obviously you're actually quite a bit older than him and <laughs> him being the manager as well and you never met him before. Was it just like you've been mates for a while or a bit of an awkward encounter at first? No, we're best mates. As soon as I come in, I could tell he loved me, mate, to be honest. Um, I had no clue he was as young as he is. I don't even I don't even think I remember being 23. I think that's how old he is. Um, so he's literally 10 years younger than than Ross, Ash, and Darves by my accounts. Although I think I think a few of them lie about their age. I mean, you see the way that that they move and especially probably the week the day after the game. I sometimes wonder if they're more 43 than 33, but um, that yeah, Lee's Lee's class. What you see is what you get with him. Absolutely fine. He messaged me a day after I trained. Thought you looked good, mate. I don't know if he meant like I'd done my hair well or whether he, it was when he saw me with a ball at my feet or what. But maybe, um, both. maybe a bit of both. Probably <laughs> less with a ball at my feet. Um, and uh, and yeah, he's 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 gold, mate. He's gold. I wouldn't mind getting to know him more. Sometimes I'm trying to coax a bit more out of him, but. He's probably just thinking you're a bit of a tosser and I'd rather stay out of the way. I don't know. But um, no, he's, he's great. He's absolutely gold. Um, and he, do you know what as well? Um, he, he, re- he really gets it. He's got like a definite plan and he gets it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've never even thought about coaching. I couldn't be asked to deal with it all, to be honest. But like he's, he's clued up and he gets it, knows what he wants and... And that's that's class. And age is a number. Like I don't mean to sound too cliched, but you see it in business. Like just because you're younger than someone who might be, well, clearly older. Like that doesn't mean they know more. Um, if you've got good ideas and you've got the passion and you've got the right character, which he absolutely has, um, then good on you. Like age does not matter, not in the slightest. And good on him, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, is that a little bit of a hint to maybe go down the pub with him? <laughs> yeah i mean it's about time right like the lads the lads are always up for going down the pub like even after training sometimes i have to think well i've got to, like i've got to have my protein shake and do my yoga like i can't be can't be going to the pub and having a pint of guinness but it's about time that it's about time really when we won won a game that we got lee in the pub and got him like with his top off on a table dancing or something a bit like mike bassett style 
Um, and and I know I was just going to repeat a line from the film then, but that, that wouldn't be well received on here. Um, but he like he 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 needs to come down the pub. He needs to do. Um, he needs to down a pint of Estrella and follow up with a shot of um, tequila. Like that's what we want to see. It's what everyone wants to see, right? I mean, yeah. Please, please video that so I can get it on the account. I mean, it does seem like, <laughs> in a way, you are polar opposites because it may have been at Long Buck, but you kind of saw Lee. He was he was involved, but he was on his phone, maybe sipping his drink. And I looked over. You've got a bloody Budweiser box on your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i remember that well yeah i put two eye holes through it and then i think i just stood up on the chair at the back singing sweet caroline um and to be honest if you weren't on the coach my trousers would have probably come down as well but you know we can't be doing stuff like that when there's minors around so that's just what goes on 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 coaches at football games at the the end of the day and and you know i think the main thing we took from that journey is that gary realized he didn't buy enough beer because for the other two games, he, he bought way more. Yeah. So we did teach him a lesson. And that was really good to see. So by the time we lost at Mulbarton, which, you know, we were yeah. more close to tears than actually close to singing and celebrating until we kind of all agreed, like, look, we've had a crack and run. Let's have a beer and have a laugh. On a drown sorrows. Yeah, exactly. And we, we were bloody well stocked. And, and that was good because we had a long journey um, back from Norfolk or wherever the hell we were. Like, we might as well have... Um, might as well have gone to Great Yarmouth and had a go on the roller coasters while we were at it. But um, it was um, it was a long way back. Gaz had got plenty of beers in, and um, we stayed really well hydrated on them the whole way back. I mean, it, you just got to enjoy, haven't you? Really, after that Mulbarton game, just make the most mm. of it, get a few beers and mm. stuff, down you? I mean, before yeah. we wrap it up, you, you text me and you've listened to the rep some other some of the other podcasts as well, and you probably know it's coming. Before we wrap it up, could you? Describe Ansel Town FC in three words. Oh, do you know what? I'd even thought about this the other day because the WhatsApp group was going off and they were all mugging Lee off for just going um, uh, 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 <laughs> the whole way through. And now I've forgotten what I was going to say and I'm probably not far off the same. So I would say it's um, welcoming. Good one. Uh, loyalty. Yeah. And... Uh, these are all kind of the same words. I'm going to say together, just because that's what you want in a club, right? Like it's a community. Yeah. You know, like we they, we engage with the local community. Um, the team is together. The fans and the players are close together, as you see, like with this podcast. So that is what I'm going for. That's a, that's a very solid three words, to be fair. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Cheers, mate. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I am. Um, it's just a shame that the Zoom link's only forty minutes, right? Because um, yeah. otherwise we could bore people for another an hour. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I'll be up to do it again, maybe when we get into the season <laughs> a bit more, and hopefully you've had a few more Snickers, a few more hot chocolates, and maybe played a few more games. Well, yeah. I mean, playing a few more games, maybe we'll have to wait a year or so, but we'll see. Um, but I could, we, what we'll have to do is um, get the get the podcast sponsored by like the local coffee shop, raise some revenue, <laughs> and then get Amptill Town's number one fan on James Haskell, and then um, you know just get him on to torture instead. I wouldn't get a word in edgeways with him probably. What do you reckon his meal deal is before we go quickly? Meat. Yeah, he's a just meat. meat. Meat, exactly. He's all about it. I mean, yeah, it's as just I all said, meat. It's honestly great to have you on, mate. It's been a, a funny, 
just brilliant chat it's my pleasure I've, I've really enjoyed it mate i've really enjoyed it it's broken up my evening i just need to fill up my glass of wine now again exactly we go again it's great it was honestly brilliant <laughs> thanks for coming on that's been my pleasure episode nine of the amsterdam army podcast thank you for listening see you next week bye Thank you.